Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. It's a real privilege to be diving further into our series on God's presence with you. And to give you a bit of a peek into how we usually select speakers for a teaching series like this, usually what happens is as we finalize the passages and the focuses, we then start to think and pray about who would be a good fit for this specific passage, who has specific experiences or gifts or skills that equip them to speak to this really well. And after we do that, we then start reaching out to those people and asking if they would be able to be a part of the series. And of course, uh, that sounds very spiritual of us, um, but life never quite works out that way, right? And so sometimes some people aren't available, some people would be available if, if they could swap to a different week. And so we basically start just doing a lot of swapping and changing, and then if there's any gaps left over, myself and Ruben will usually fill those, or as well as kicking off the series and wrapping it up. And so today was one of those uh, weeks where we did some swapping and I put myself in to make it work, which was totally fine by me because I knew the focus, I knew the passage, it was something that I was excited about and I was like, yeah, I'm so keen to come and speak to that. And we do that uh, well in advance so it gives us plenty of time to think about it and and get us ready for it. But as I sat down and, and began to work on this message, I thought, why does this passage sound so familiar to me? I even had like illustrations and things come into my mind that I was like, I swear I've speak, spoken on this not that long ago. Like it feels so fresh. And so I looked back and uh, it turned out that I had preached on it as a part of a different series last year. And so I had a moment of panic there at the start. I thought, oh man, what if I just end up saying the same thing? What if people notice? And they're like, I'm pretty sure you've said that before. Um, and I got a bit nervous about like, oh, what do I do? Should I try to swap with somebody else? Or, or like, how do we make this work? Um, but as I began to write, those concerns were quickly quelled because today's focus is on God's presence through his word. And though I had taught on this passage before and I'd read it many times, I felt like I was seeing it with fresh eyes and God was showing me aspects of the passage that I had never noticed before. And I felt that in a, in a really cool way, this message was becoming its own illustration of the very point that we're trying to make that God is present through his word. And I really appreciate how over the last few weeks, Sam and Andrew did such a good job of bringing some clarity around what a broad experience like God's presence could look like, that we can trust that he will show up in our lives, that God never changes. It may just be our own posture that has, but if we choose to be attentive to the spirit in pursuit of God's truth, pay attention to his response and confident as we walk in faith, we can trust that he will be present. And also that sometimes it's in the quietest moments that God speaks. But I do recognize that some of you may be sitting here today thinking, look, I feel that I'm doing all of those things and I still haven't felt or experienced God's tangible presence any time recently. It's been a long time. I trust that he will show up. I'm posturing myself towards him. I've been listening for those quiet moments. But where is he? Where is he? I still haven't heard from him. And um, to be honest, I, I can't really answer that question, right? I can't answer it because as we talked about in the first week, God shows up in his own timing. And sometimes those tangible moments are few and far 
between. You know, when we read the stories of the lives of the people in the Bible, it can feel like God shows up to them all the time. And sometimes there are frequent occurrences of God tangibly showing up. But often we forget that years can pass by between chapters of a book of the Bible. So even in the Bible, those tangible moments of God's presence can actually be pretty far apart. Abram, who we looked at in the first week of our series, was 75 when God called him out of his homeland of Haran. And he was 100 before God fulfilled the promise of giving him a son. Moses, who we looked at in the second week, was in the wilderness of Midian for 40 years before God spoke to him from the burning bush. And Elijah, who we looked at last week, is one of the few characters in the Bible where God shows up to him tangibly again and again on what appears to be a fairly regular basis. And so I can't say when or how God will show up. Even if you're doing and paying attention to all the things that we believe are helpful to be aware of God's presence. But I know of one place that we can always turn to, that in New Zealand is readily available to us. Whether God's presence is tangible in our lives or it feels like he's been quiet for a long time. And that is his word, the Bible. No matter where we're at, what we're experiencing, his word doesn't change. What it says about God, who he is, his character, that always remains the same. And so even when we feel a little lost or disillusioned about our experiences of God, we can always come back to the Bible and remind ourselves of who he truly is. But I think that maybe because the Bible is so readily available to us, we forget how powerful it can be in our lives, that it can actually be one of the ways that we experience the presence of God. And even then, we can read it, and, and sometimes nothing in particular jumps out to us. But the power of coming back to it time and time again can still be profound. Because sometimes that passage that didn't stick out to you in the moment comes back to our mind later on as the Spirit, Spirit uses it and reveals something to either to us or to those around us. And that's what I think we'll find anyway in our passage that we're going to be looking at this morning, which is in Luke chapter 24 and starting in verse 13. And where we find ourselves in Luke 24, Jesus has literally just risen from the dead. As in the literal passage before this one is the story of Jesus' resurrection, where the women go to the tomb of Jesus and they find he's not there. And in Luke, this is the very next thing that happens. Before Jesus, it's even mentioned that Jesus appears to his disciples. And so Jesus has been in the grave for three days, but he overcomes death and he rises again. And on that very same day that he resurrects, he ends up on the road to Emmaus with some of his followers. And so let's begin reading in verse 13 of chapter 24. And today we're going to break this passage up a little bit, so we'll read it in a few different segments. But this is what it says, and the verses are also on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, that same day, two of Jesus, being the same day as his resurrection, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped. They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. 
They said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel, and this all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Now, we're just going to stop there for now, but if anybody knows what it feels like to be confused about the presence of God or disillusioned about who God is and what he is doing, it's these guys here at this moment, right? With sadness written across their faces, they say, well, there was this guy named Jesus, and we think he was a prophet, and we had hoped that he was the Messiah, but then the, the religious leaders had him killed. But then some people from our group are saying that his tomb is empty, so what's that all about? We just don't know how to make sense of this. You know, I'm sure that these guys felt they had done everything they should to be in and pursue God's presence. To them, Jesus, through his teachings and miracles, was clearly somebody sent by God. And so they thought, let's follow him. He may even be the Messiah. He may be the one that we're waiting for. And so they had postured themselves perfectly for the presence of God. And yet, now Jesus is dead, as far as they're aware, and they're not really sure what to do from here. They're not really sure what to do with this information that his body is gone. But what's really interesting about this whole scenario is that Jesus is right there present with them. They just didn't know it. You know, sometimes when we find ourselves in places where it feels like we haven't tangibly felt God in a long time, he's often moving and doing things in our lives in ways that are just out of sight. We just can't see it there in that moment. But often later, in hindsight, we can clearly see what God was doing and how he was actually present. But rather than me trying to explain it, there's a video by Messenger Studios that I think does a much better job of illustrating this concept. So we'll check that out together in a moment. Uh, but before we do, I just want to make a quick uh, note. If you're watching from home, um, sometimes when we play a video, even if we have the rights to play it, the audio gets cut. And so if that happens to you while you're watching, the media team will stick the link to the video in the comments. You can click it there and watch it there and follow along. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but just wanted to give you a disclaimer if it does. But let's check out this video together. Everybody has a hero. Okay. Mine's my dad. Yes, I Since mom died, it's only been us. He has a way of filling my life with color. Dad, which one? That one. Sometimes I don't understand his advice, but I trust him. And what always brought us together was our love for running. One day, I'll be faster than him. And when I am, I'm going to win every marathon in the world. Abby? What's wrong, Jim? Or at least that was my plan. I'm losing my sight. And real quick, read to me the lowest level that you can see I'm in. What is called is interocular melanoma. Eye cancer. Unfortunately, you will lose your vision. 
That was the day my father disappeared. Dad! Wakey, wakey. Ready to run, champ? Come on. I thought he would always be there for me. I guess I was wrong. Dad, where are you? abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Do you not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Are you no longer proud of me? the most. I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is. My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. Love is allowing someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, 
I know he's guiding me the entire way. You know, like with Abby in the video, Jesus was right there with these disciples on the road to Emmaus. They just didn't know it. They just didn't know it. And just like Abby's dad guides her and provides for her in ways that she can't see, we're going to see Jesus do the exact same thing for these disciples on the road. So let's continue to read in verse 25. It says, Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By the time they were nearing, by this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, "Stay the night with us, since it is getting late." So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. You know, the disciples don't know that Jesus is there. They aren't able to recognize him for a time. But nonetheless, he was right there, moving and working. And while they couldn't recognize him, his word burned like fire in their hearts. You know, God is often with us in ways that are just out of sight, that we can't see right there in the moment, but he is there, often giving us what we need rather than what we want. And what these disciples needed right now was to understand how what happened to Jesus was exactly what the scriptures had predicted. And once they understood that, then it would totally change their encounter with Jesus once they recognized him again. And I think sometimes those times of silence do the same for us. They are hard, but they challenge us. And by the time we do finally experience God's tangible presence again, our understanding and perspective of him has grown so much. But something that would have led to this moment that I think is helpful for us to be aware of is that before Jesus explained how the scriptures pointed him specifically, these disciples would have read the scriptures regularly and been familiar with them. Though we know one of the disciples' names was Cleopas, which is a Greek name, these disciples were likely Jewish. As Cleopas, he he claims that it it was his own religious leaders that had Jesus killed, insinuating that he is a part of the Jewish people. We're also told in the Gospel of John that Cleopas' wife, Mary, was present at the cross of Jesus. And at this point in the development of the church, the Jewish disciples of Jesus still wouldn't have felt comfortable closely associating with Romans and Greeks. And so Cleopas and this other disciple would have grown up going to Torah school as all young Jewish boys did, reading and memorizing Scripture. They knew God's Word. And sometimes it may not have stuck out to them in a particular way, but Jesus then took the scriptures that they were already familiar with and that they already knew and used them in a powerful way, opening their eyes to what they really meant. 
It wasn't that all of this was totally new. Rather, Jesus took what they had already spent so much time studying and helped them see it in a fresh and new way. Even in times of silence, in times of uncertainty, in times where it feels like God is distant, God's word is so valuable for our lives. And even in that moment, his word may not specifically stick out to us or reveal something profound, but I have found that it is always worth reading because you just never know how and will it will speak to you or through you to somebody else in a profound way. Just last Sunday night, our speaker, Andrew Warnock, shared with us how in the car before the 10 a.m. service, he felt God prompting him to wrap up the sermon with Psalm 25, a psalm that he had been reading regularly recently. And as he read the psalm at the end of the 10 a.m. service, some particular phrases stuck out to him that hadn't stuck out to him before. And they turned out to be some phrases that were helpful to, to speak into somebody else's life. And that was just last Sunday. Here in this place, God used his word in a powerful and profound, fresh way. And used words that were already familiar to Andrew in a fresh way and in a new way. You know, I can think of, of many times I, where I have read a particular passage in my morning reading and I've just kind of thought, Oh yeah, cool. And then I've just gone on with my day. But then later in that day or that week or that month, I'm in a conversation with someone and the Spirit brings that passage back to mind. And it is so perfect to speak into that moment at that time. Whether it's in my connect group or at the Messy connect group or a prayer meeting or, or just a one-on-one conversation, it has been a, a regular part of my experience of God's presence. Just two weeks ago, um, With permission to share this, I I met with an individual, and in the conversation we had, there were about three different occasions where I was like, well, I guess one way we could consider that question would be what Paul says about it in this such and such a place, or there's this really interesting example in the Old Testament where this happens. And they were all things that I had recently read in the scripture, but they weren't things that had necessarily stuck out to me at the time. They were just part of my reading. But then the Spirit was just bringing them back to mind, one by one, one after the other. And then the person I was meeting with had this incredible light bulb moment of their own from the Holy Spirit where he revealed something to them. And it was, it was really cool. It was beautiful. It was kind of one of those, like, your hair stand up on end sort of things. It was just a really exciting conversation. And I think sometimes in those moments, I, I know what the disciples meant about that burning that they felt within their hearts. Now, I know that everyone's experience of God's presence can be different. And I don't want to project the way that I have often felt God speak through me onto you. We're all given different gifts from the Spirit, and the way you experience God will likely be different to mine. And I recognize that my position as a pastor often puts me in situations where it makes sense to be speaking Scripture into people's lives. And so I want to recognize that, and I want to acknowledge that. But Isaiah 55.11 tells us that it is the same with God's word. He will send it out, and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish exactly what he wants it to, and it will prosper everywhere he sends it. And so I believe that God's uh, word is worth continuously reading day after day, no matter who we are, because you just never know how God might use that. Sometimes it might be to reveal something to you and encourage you in some way, but it might also be to speak into someone else's life. No matter where we are at, no matter how present or not God feels in our life, just keep reading the Word of God because it will produce fruit. It will accomplish what God wants it to when and wherever that is, and it will prosper everywhere God sends it. His Word tells us so.
The word of God is a powerful way to be in God's presence. For these disciples on the road, all the time that they had spent learning the Torah, which was the Old Testament scriptures, paid off because Jesus took what they had read and he opened their eyes and let them understand what it really meant. And even though at the time they didn't know that Jesus was present there with them, his word burned like fire in their hearts. In the times where God seems silent, when it's hard to see what he's doing, one thing we can always turn to and rely on is his word. I remember a time in my life where there was about a nine-month period of absolute silence from God. And I felt that I really needed some answers. I needed some guidance. I didn't know how to move forward at the time without him, but I was just getting nothing. But I still had his word. And there were many days where I didn't really feel like reading it because what was the point if it felt that God was ignoring me? But I still tried to make it a regular habit despite how I was feeling, and it was all so worth it. Because though there wasn't like something specific that jumped out to me, there were psalms that tears were shed over, characters that I identified with and related to, long moments of silent contemplation and loud verbal questioning of God. His word helped me process and feel what I needed to feel when I was in that space. And now years down the line, like Abby, I can see how God was quietly shaping and molding me, challenging me in ways that I could have never imagined or considered. And now I am so grateful for that time of silence, but I'm so grateful for God's word amongst it. In many ways, it carried me through, and I can see how God used it to strengthen me, encourage me, but also allow me to mourn and hurt And feel the things that I needed to feel. He was so good and he was so present through his word, even if it wasn't always apparent at the time. And so his word is a place that I think we should regularly be. I think it's really good for us. And I think there's a couple of things that could be valuable for us to do to help us regularly get into God's word and put ourselves in positions where we can share it with others. And if you were here for our series on the Bible last year, then some of these will sound familiar, as I suggested a few of them back then too. But I think it's good to have a reminder of what's out there and what's available to us to help equip us and prepare us uh, to live our lives in a way where God's Word is a consistent part of our lives. And it was really awesome how last time so many of you took these tools on board and how they became an important and profound part of your lives. We even had a connect group form out of these suggestions that were made, um, which was really cool. But I also have a couple of new suggestions amongst them as well. Uh, And the first thing that I want to say is that if you haven't got a Bible, but you would like one, we would love to give you one. We'd love to. I've got a stack of them up in my office that are there to be given to people. That's what they're for. And so if you're thinking, yeah, I'd love to start reading God's Word, but I haven't even got a Bible, then come see me after the service. I'd love to give you one. It's yours to take away. I know for some people it's nice to have a physical copy to read with no opportunity for other distractions that you might get when you're reading on your phone. But that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with reading on your phone, right? It just comes down to preference because there's some fantastic digital options out there. The YouVersion Bible app is one of them. It's an incredible digital option. It's filled not only with heaps of translations of the Bible and a whole bunch of different languages, but also a ton of Bible plans about all sorts of specific topics. For example, if you do feel that God seems distant right now, I did a search on that, and a whole bunch of different plan options came up that you can choose from that speak to that specific scenario. 
And the way it works is that each plan will give you a certain number of days of content with each day starting with a little devotional, a passage to read that goes along with it, and then space for you to write your thoughts on that day's devotional and passage. And you can do them alone or you can choose to do them with a friend and then each of you can see what you've written about the passage each day. So Uvision is a great way to get into God's Word. You can even open up uh, one of the passages of Scripture and press the little play button that's down there at the bottom of the thing, and um, it will read the passage to you. And so if you want to have a listen on your way to work or something like that, that's also another great feature, and it's all free. It's all free, so you can download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, I've also learned recently about an app called the Bible Memory App uh, that is designed to help you memorize Scripture. Because the disciples that Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus with wouldn't have only read scriptures, but it would have memorized it, and they would have recited it daily. It would have been a regular part of their daily routine. You know, God can recall any scripture you've read to your mind, but having it ready and familiar in your mind, I think, can also be super helpful. And so the app has a free version that gives you a certain amount of verses to memorize with some tools to help you do it. Uh, But you can unlock the full version for $18 at the moment if you really want to check out the full version. Uh, But that's another tool that we can use to get to know God's Word. And so those are a few ways that we can get to know it and get into God's Word. But I also think it's important to put yourself in places where God can use it. Whether that's being a part of a connect group where you get together with a small group of people and you discuss God's Word. And that could be Shulk and Nelly's new group that is starting up on Friday nights. Or it could be finding a mentor and having one-on-one discussions about what God is doing in your life. Or it could be coming along to our Kingdom Nights that are starting this Tuesday at 7.30 and seeing if God brings anything to your mind as we worship Him and pray and spend time with Him there together. I just find that it's often in those sorts of spaces that God most often uses what I have read in the Scriptures whether it's a way to contribute to the discussion or encourage someone, that's often where I find God bringing to my mind these things that I have read. And and again, often things that that didn't necessarily stick out to me at the time, but there in that moment, that's what they were there for. And so if you would like to be a part of something like that, all the info about our connect groups and mentoring can be found on our website, crossroads.co.nz, or just rock up to Kingdom Night on Tuesday at 7.30 here at Crossroads. We'd love to see you there and seek God and worship Him together with you. You know, sometimes we can be genuinely doing all the right things to seek and be aware of God's presence, and for reasons only known to God, He still doesn't feel present. And my guess is that Just like for the disciples on the road to Emmaus or for Abby in that video, Jesus is right there. He's right there. We just don't know it at the time. And if that is the space we find ourselves in, one thing we can do, one place we can always turn to, one thing that never changes and that we can always rely on is the Word of God. It is a place we can go to to powerfully experience His presence. And it may not always feel that way, But it's worth reading day after day because you just never know when and how he might use it in your life or in the lives of others. And it may not even be in some sort of miraculous feeling sort of way, right? Sometimes it might just be to simply read a psalm and shed a tear as the words express exactly how you're feeling in that moment. That in itself can be a powerful way that God is present with us, giving us written words to help us express where we are and what we're feeling. I found that to be true for myself anyway. But whatever that looks like, and however that goes, 
Let's regularly spend time in God's word and put ourselves in places where we get to speak about it with others as another way to position ourselves towards God's presence. God may feel distant at times, but he never leaves us empty-handed. His word is available to us right here in our pockets today. And if that was to ever change, well, then we'll hide it in our hearts, right? Because that's something that we will never lose. And it will always be close by, and it will always be ready. But as we seek God's presence together, and we continue to do that as we make our way through this series, let's not forget the powerful access we have to it right here in his word. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful, Lord, that as you're shaping and molding us, and sometimes that's hard and difficult and we can't really see what you're doing or, or why it even makes sense, there's something that we can always turn to, something we can always look at. There's a place we can always find you, and that is your word. And we're so, so grateful for it, Lord. We're so grateful that they're more than just words on a page, Lord, that they're a place where you often reveal yourself, that as Isaiah says, wherever you send it, it prospers, Lord. We're so grateful for that. And so I just pray, Lord, as we as a community try to get into your word as individuals and as groups, I pray you'd really bless that. I pray you'd be present in that, that you would speak at the appropriate times, that you would use your scriptures in powerful ways, Lord, and that you would use them to encourage us, but also to help us encourage each other and build each other up, and that we would just fall more and more in love with you because of it. We look forward to the times, Lord, where you are tangibly present and we appreciate those and they often are moments that we hold on to as we uh, work through our faith. But we're grateful that we always have you in some way, Lord. We're grateful that you're present with us all the time, even if we can't see it. Thank you for your incredible love for us. And so we just pray that you would continue to be present with us as a community, that as we go out of this place, you would make yourself known. And whether that's in your word or some other way, Lord, we give it into your hands. We trust you with it. We trust in your timing. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.